the didgeridoo means it's time for the Australian News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Dateline, 27th of August, 2012. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 212. Well, Grant, a big week in aviation news this week, and we're going to start off by talking about Alan Joyce's bonus. Or lack of it, mate, I don't think he's going to collect that extra $2.7 million. Oh, mate, you mean he's going to have to stick with just his $2.3 million salary? Oh, yes, how awful for him. Oh, mate, my heart bleeds. Yes, Qantas has racked up quite a sizable loss for the financial year, as they reported this week, and uh, here's a report about that from the Australian Financial Network. Qantas Airways has swung to a $244 million loss in the 2012 financial year, its first loss since being privatised. The carrier says its result was weighed down by record fuel costs and the grounding of the Qantas fleet last year. They pointed to deterioration in global aviation operating conditions as well. CEO Alan Joyce has forecast continued challenges in the next year, however, expects the airline to retain its 65% domestic market share and increase its domestic capacity by around 10%. Lots of talk there, Grant, about domestic operations, and it just makes me wonder if this is part of a bigger strategy by uh, Mr Joyce and the board. Definitely, mate. It's been on the cards for a while. They've been talking up how bad international is, even though they've not really been able to prove just exactly where the money's going within domestic international and Jetstar and and some of the uh, group expenses and things like that. Until now, they've never really had international as a separate entity for recording. Now, when everything's pretty bad, conveniently, it's spat out on its own. I think they may be setting it up to either atrophy or at least reduce and and repurpose, but everything is on Jetstar and domestic, the two shining lights of the group. Absolutely, mate, and I think you're, uh, you know, you keep talking about uh, the A380 uh, in Jetstar colours and, you know, it's looking more and more likely. I mean, uh, you know, I I wonder if the plan might not be just to uh, push everything across to Jetstar for international over time (laughs) and basically Qantas will become what Australian Airlines was before they took it over. Oh, sorry, was that merged with? I can never remember. (laughs) Well, the other aspect is that uh, Joyce has also cancelled 35 of Qantas Group's 787 order. That's for the 787-9s. They're still getting 15 of the Dash 8s. Uh, They will, of course, go to Jetstar to be used on their routes, which will free up those A330s to come back in and replace the gas-guzzling 767s on the domestic runs. But looking at it, mate, the, uh, the remaining 787 orders they've got are all options and thanks to some very cunning uh, crafting of the original order and a few barrels that they've had Boeing over since the 787's been running later and later, they've been able to actually get a big chunk of cash from Boeing as well as defer a big payment of cash thanks to this cancellation of 35787-9s. And they've also sort of kept their position in line with the options for 2016. So that little bit is kind of cunning and cool, but uh, the share market sort of put the price up when they realized they were getting all this cash in. But a few days later, the price started to come back down as people started to realize that, well, hang on, until these new 787s are across the board, they're going to be using very fuel guzzling and maintenance expensive 747 400s and 767s. So perhaps a short-term gain, but a long-term operational cost coming through by delaying those 787s. And despite all the bad press that this announcement received in uh, many of the uh, media outlets here in Australia this week, Alan Joyce has actually been quoted as saying that the board has been making a lot of right decisions, a lot of right decisions. Well, I hope he knows what he's doing because, uh, you know, I I don't see too many right decisions. uh, Oh, no, I I see lots of right decisions right out there, left right out of it, all those kind of ones. Yes, and as we keep saying, Grant, I mean, we always sound like we're so anti-Qantas, and we're actually not. We love Qantas, we just don't want to see it going downhill like this. Yeah, mate, it's been a a shame to watch it over the last 
last 10 years as it's changed and uh, moved downwards to the eyes of many. What it once was is definitely not what it is now. And we, we're kind of hanging out hope that it will recover for the future. But honestly, I don't know that it's going to be any more than domestic all too soon, I'm afraid. Plenty more Qantas news coming up for the remainder of this year, I'm sure. But uh, let's move <laughs> on to defence for now, Grant. And, uh, you know, let's talk about some positive news. We uh, reported uh, earlier in the year that many of the Royal Australian Air Force's uh, FA-18F Super Hornets were pre-wired to be converted into the EA-18G Growler specs. And the uh, government has now confirmed that they are going to uh, go ahead with that project at the cost of $1.5 billion. That's right, mate. They uh, pre-wired 12 of the 24 F-18 airframes to be able to con- have the plumbing to support being the Growler. And they're now proceeding to purchase the ALQ jammer pods and uh, various other modules required to allow a uh, number of um, F-18s to operate as Growlers. Now, whether that means they'll have 12 simultaneous Growlers or whether they'll just have 12 aircraft that can swap in and out as required and maybe just have three or four, maybe six that can fly at any one time as Growlers, whole different thing. But uh, yeah, they are progressing. They're spending a big chunk of money and we're going to have a capability that we've needed for quite some time. Defence Minister Stephen Smith said last week that these aircraft will be available for operations from 2018, which is significant uh, in itself, Grant, because that's also the planned date for the uh, introduction of the F-35s, should they ever come. (laughs) Yeah, mate. Uh, There's been a number of people saying we won't operate a 2 aircraft fleet for uh, once the F-35s come on, I think we'll wind up with um, definitely Growlers and F-35s, maybe even Super Hornets, Growlers and 35s. Now moving on to uh, the field of training now and Griffith University up there in Queensland has just announced that it's uh, partnering with Cathay Pacific for its cadet program. That's really positive news. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, Griffith University wants just a uh, campus within the Nathan area of Brisbane, very close to the CBD and a place I went to university when I was uh, just out of high school that uh, has expanded, picked up a few TAFEs, uh, grown into a bit of a conglomerate of university and college environments. They offer an aviation course and uh, students who complete their commercial rating with the Griffith University aviation course and have the number of hours and the right results are eligible to uh, enter Cathay Pacific's Advanced Entry Cadet Program. And uh, according to this article here, Grant, that we read in australianaviation.com.au, it says it's expected that demand for uh, available places, up to 120 of them, in fact, in the first year, will be highly competitive. I think that will be an understatement, Grant. In fact, I think uh, I might just apply for it myself. Oh, mate, I think you definitely should. It'd be a wonderful way for you to get back in and uh, get behind the yoke of something huge or the side stick, as the case may be. But uh, yeah, it's it's a great way of bringing up uh, pilots to uh, work their way through the ranks. We're seeing it again and again, these uh, cadet programs, some of which offer scholarships, some of which offer uh, like uh, offsetting your um, payment of your fees until you're actually earning with the airline, uh, some combination of both. I think that's the way it's going to go in the future. It's getting more and more expensive to be a, um, a student pilot working your way towards those uh, magic 1500 hours uh, as a right-hand seater. So this is the way to go. Well done. I think it's great that the university and uh, Cathay Pacific are working together. Yeah, and absolutely, Grant. And I tell you what, if some of those students can't get on with the Cathay Pacific program, they might end up flying for Etihad or Virgin Australia, or who knows, the way things are going, maybe both. Virgin Etihad or Eti Virgin? Yes, who knows? But uh, yeah, they are working quite well together. Etihad now has 6.1% of Virgin's available stock. They were at around 5%. They got clearance to go up to 10%. So they're well on track, climbing towards 10% ownership of Virgin. 
Uh, that is, of course, Virgin Australia's domestic arm, which is allowed to have up to 100% ownership uh, by foreign holders. And uh, Etihad have said that one day they hope to get to 19%, which is quite a sizable chunk. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very sizable chunk. And of course, uh, as you mentioned there, it would need further uh, approval from the government for that to happen. Uh, interestingly, as we mentioned uh, a few episodes back uh, when this story first came to light, uh, Etihad's been investing in a lot of uh, airlines, including Air Seychelles, Air Lingus and uh, Air Berlin there in Germany. So uh, quite a sizable stable there. And an interesting thing about the all these Middle Eastern carriers that are operating in our part of the world at the moment is that when you come to uh, West Coast operations here from Australia, there's actually more Middle Eastern carriers operating from the West Coast of Australia than there are Australian carriers. So I find that quite astounding. There certainly are between uh, the Middle Eastern and the Asian carriers such as China Southern and uh, the Singapore and Cathay and those groups, as well as Etihad and Emirates and Qatar. A lot of activity in the West Coast and the whole of Australia, in fact, as Qantas is uh, reducing its capacity on the international routes. These other airlines are stepping up and taking over. Uh, it's In fact, we're seeing a boom in the number of people coming to and from Australia and uh, as Qantas pulls back, everyone else just steps in to take up the load. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. We'll be back next week. But until then, I'm the cool, calm and collected Steve Vischer. And just for a change, I'm the growling Grant McCarran. Southern Skies. Online Media.